Good Thursday morning, everyone. Ohio State's back in the commitment column. This time it's the class of 2024. Commitment number two, Ian Moore, New Palestine, Indiana, six foot six, 290 pound offensive tackle. He's committed to Ohio State. Austin Ward and myself are going to break that down for you right now. Austin, it's been a while since Ohio State's picked up a commitment. I think the last one was like, it feels like it was in the year 2019 or so, but it doesn't matter. Today they pick one up. It's a big one. It's an offensive tackle, and there's not really anywhere to go but uh, down from here when you pick up the commitment from the number one ranked tackle in the country, any and more. Well, you have the number one ranked quarterback in the country and the number one ranked tackle. That seems pretty good, right? I mean, as you say, it can only go down, or you could just get the number one ranked player at every single position. Maybe Ohio State should do that. Well, there has been some scuttlebutt amongst uh, the people that are in this you know, recruiting world that they feel like the 2024 class, because of the fact that Dylan Rayola is the Kickstarter of that class, that it may be the class that Ohio State is best positioned to finally unseat the SEC and win a national championship on the recruiting trail. And you can't do it if you don't do that. And the reality is, Ian Moore, the player who's committed on Thursday morning, it's, it's sort of been a slow burn. I, I put in a, a future cast on the Rivals Network for him um, basically the minute after he left Ohio State on September 4th after the Notre Dame game when he came to visit. Just felt like a kid that that really saw what he wanted and, and the Buckeyes prioritized him early. But you have to have players like him at every position if you want to win a recruiting title. 6'6", 290, as I said in, in the intro, a player that is raw-ish, but he plays on one of the best offensive lines in the Midwest at New Palestine. His offensive, line, his head coach, Kyle Ralph, is a guy that Justin Fry knows very well. That relationship sort of helped get Ohio State in the door. And, uh, you know, it's it's something where if you identify a position of need early and you identify a player that you really like early, a school like Ohio State doesn't need to waste a whole lot of time in, in, in locking him up. Yeah. For me, when I look at this from the bigger perspective, bigger picture perspective that you know much more about the individual player and the timeline what that's going to look like for him to potentially contribute i'm thinking about this from like justin fry's impact uh the, the success that he's had early i think people certainly the biggest downside with greg studarwa's tenure at ohio state was that he wasn't able to close the deal with a lot of these higher profile targets for ohio state um, and they weren't able to really re reload the pipeline at the level that they wanted to. So the fact that Justin Fry has been able to get in in year one and start doing this. Now, this is not somebody who's obviously going to be able to help Ohio State next year or potentially even in two years. But um, this is an example of the impact that he seems to be having uh, quickly, Justin Fry. And then beyond that, I think you can ask, how does the rest of the staff then uh, continue to build on this momentum? Because on the defensive side of the football, there were people that wanted to wait to see what the first half of the season looked like. So maybe you'll know better than me, this could be the start of something more, not just for 2024, but the 2023 class and other positions. Yeah, it's funny because actually on the OhioState.Rivals.com message board this morning, on Thursday morning, there was a question asked in one of our threads from um, one of the subscribers who said, you know, what happened to that big weekend of September 3rd? Where, where are the commitments going to come? And uh, last week on Talking Stuff with Andrew Ellis, I, I said, you know, there's a lot of kids who are kind of waiting till the end of their junior season to make a decision in the class of 2024. Uh, Ian Moore actually was one of those kids. He told me last week that 
his intention had been to just get through the end of this season, try to win a state championship in Indiana, and then focus on uh, making a decision. But the other schools he was really interested in, which were Iowa, Wisconsin, Nebraska, three teams that are, you know, if you're an offensive lineman, that's sort of Midwest, you know, beef. Uh, all three of them sort of have some issues. Uh, and so he it made it a lot easier to pick the school that he felt like he was comparing everyone to to begin with. And so at that point, he didn't feel the need to wait any longer. Now, when you're talking about other players, especially in the class of 2023, that's where you just start to wonder, you know, it, it, Ohio State in that class very specifically only has four or five spots left. So three of them at least are they're trying to lock in on the defensive line, including the defensive end position where they have key players like Keon Keeley, Damon Wilson, and Mateo Uyunglele that they're just sort of waiting for a decision from. None of those guys are going to make decisions on anyone else's timeline, but we should see movement and an answer probably on, on Keeley and Wilson by the end of this month. So uh, at that rate, at least you'll know heading into the the stretch run the last seven weeks before signing day uh, the signing day period that starts on December 21st that at least you'll know what else you need to accomplish in that class but as far as the class of 2024 there have been a handful of players that Dylan Rayola has been working on building relationships with and trying to um, you know form this bond with in order to to really promote the fact and the idea that Ohio State has a chance to to be the, the best class in the country in 2024. And now you start to have two very key pieces. When you have a left tackle and when you have uh, the quarterback who, again, as you mentioned, the quarterback's not just the number one quarterback in the country, but the number one player in the country. And by a wide margin, it's not one of these situations where you have a couple guys jostling back and forth for that spot. I mean, Dylan Rayola is the clear-cut number one player in the country and probably would be the number one player in the country if he reclassified to 2023, which he's not. So don't think that I'm hinting <laughs> at that, but like, he's, Whoops. he's that, he's that much better than everyone else. So uh, as far as a prospect goes, but there are a number of players that are in this sort of mid, mid, uh, mid part of their re recruitment where it's like, they may be leaning and having a decision close, close to made, but then they still want to experience the process. Some of that's in state when you have cornerbacks like Bryce West, and Aaron Scott, some of that is going to be safeties like Peyton Woodyard out in California. Um, and, and now the Buckeyes, you know, are having to deal with that at, at wide receiver, Jeremiah Smith, who's a five-star wide receiver down in Florida, uh, Ty Sear Denmark, a wide receiver from Philadelphia, who announced earlier this week, he's setting up his decision date for, for November 24th. I think Ohio State's the leader there. So you can see a real push here in the next uh, six, seven weeks for Ohio State to really uh, kickstart and, and blow up that class of 2024. For you know, let's let's give Ian more his moment here, Berm. Like you compared him to Thayer Munford for an Ohio State uh, sort of projection. Uh, why is that? Now, the body type is very similar. Uh, the way he moves is very similar. He's athletic, but he doesn't look. He's not a kid that's going to be sprinting around the field a lot. I mean, Thayer in his younger years was a little bit more nimble, and so you see that out of Ian. He's a kid that is is very adept in, in pass pro and run blocking in high school, which is not common they play a pro style offense at new palestine um again they're they're all, their head coach kyle ralph is a developer of offensive linemen there i think their offensive line goes like six five two ninety average or something over there i mean it is a big time like high school offensive line they have a player 
uh, and Luke Burgess, who Ohio State recruited, who's committed to Louisville in the class of 2023, who's 6'8", 310, like on the other side of the, the other tackle. So uh, he's just a player that is well-rounded and well-coached and ahead of where other players are at his point. But body style, if you look at him, you can see a little bit of Thayer in the, the longer arms, the, the upper body that maybe is going to need some development to get that upper body strength. But he understands leverage very well. Uh, he moves his feet well. And he can do both pass pro and run blocking, which, again, is just not something that you see a lot of in high school. Um, the big upside, again, when you're the number one ranked player in the country at your position, it's because people see a lot of things to to build around. And that's why Justin Fry, when he camped at Ohio State this summer with the Buckeyes, uh, Ian Moore sort of went from unknown to must get very quickly for the Buckeyes. The other thing that you mentioned there in terms of upper body development and Sometimes we get we focus on the recruiting rankings and the projections. Like he's still got a long time to do that. Yeah, he's not going to be on campus uh, in January of this year. I mean, or January of twenty twenty three, and he's you know if he's lucky, he could get there in January of twenty twenty four, or if that's the plan. Like we're getting way ahead of that, but he's still got plenty of time to go to more camps and work on the technical stuff next summer with Ohio State. I'm sure that after you make an early commitment that and where he lives, that he'll be a fixture on campus in the summer, and that also means that. He'll be able to walk around with Mickey Marotti and get some feedback on just how he can jumpstart that process as well. So there's a lot of advantages to this. Um, this It's crazy to me a little bit how much the speed uh, timeline has sped up over the years for recruits like this. Uh, it's easy to rem- for me to remember, and I'm sure much easier for you. Like You want to be the, no- you're the number one player in your position? Take it all the way to signing day. <laughs> like Bring on the attention, and that's just not the way a lot of these guys operate now. Especially in the offensive line, it's still it's still a group of people that are, generally speaking, less um, desiring uh, of all the attention that comes with the recruiting process. And then you couple that with being an offensive lineman from the Midwest, it changes it even more. These kids understand that there is value in committing early, and uh, if you know where you want to go, you need to lock that in and make sure that you have that spot taken and to make sure that no one else takes it from you. But as you mentioned, the the, the real benefit, the real uh, probably under discussed benefit of committing this early and again you know it's not that early because he is midway through his junior season and that seems like a, a fairly normal time for for these kids to make that decision but the real value is what you said he can spend the next year and you know three months focusing on getting better with justin fry getting better by learning from mick Marotti, making sure he's at every ohio state camp next summer instead of spending his time visiting schools that he may not be fully interested in or, or that he's doing just for the fun of it. Um, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, talking to Ian as I've gotten to know him over the last few months, like his real focus was, I don't like doing this. I want to play football and I want to make a decision to, to play at a place that feels like home. And, you know, when I, I talked to him on Wednesday night uh, about the decision and he basically said that he had been spending the last couple of weeks trying to think of reasons to not commit yet. And so if, when that's the case, like there's there's nothing good that comes from that. It's just a a, a matter of delaying for delaying sake. And um, when you are a player, even if you're the number one ranked player in the country, when you want to go to Ohio State, like the Buckeyes have options. So you can't just hold that spot forever. So uh, it shows a little bit of um, intelligence, a foresight to, to make sure that he locks in his spot. And, and now he can really begin on the development process with Justin Fry. The whole relationship, the whole conversation changes so much when a recruit commits versus when they're just being recruited because coaches get a lot more candid. 
players get a lot more willing to be vulnerable and open up about what their issues are on the field. Uh, and, and the relationship just takes off to a whole new level. So that's where you start to see the real benefit of that. Berm, I think everyone would be upset if we had a commitment reaction video and talking about the offensive line and didn't address what's likely to be uh, a pretty important 2023 class and or exploration into the transfer portal. Ohio State is going to lose Paris Johnson, barring something catastrophic happening to happening to him physically. That is going to happen. Dewan Jones is almost certainly going to be going to the NFL. Matthew Jones will be going to the NFL. And I don't think this is going to happen, but it's possible that Luke Whipler could as well. So again, you don't you don't recruit somebody and then expect an offensive lineman to play as a true freshman. So I'm not talking about that from the 2023 perspective, but there's got to be some planning for the future that involves uh, not just getting the number one player for 2024. No, and, and that's the, the beauty of college football nowadays is that every single game day uh, that Ohio State plays is a chance to scout f- potential players um, because you can <laughs> essentially just start looking around the league and, and uh, you know, you're going to want players to come in um, that are able to contribute and able to play right away. That's not the case generally at the offensive line. It's not uh, a position where it's easy to plug and play. It's pro- it's the hardest position in football to evaluate uh, f- for high school talent, and it is the hardest position in football to get ready to play once you're on campus. So the Buckeyes, um, you know, while we've talked ad nauseum in the last couple of years about the transfer portal and Ryan Day's approach to it, he's not going to go out there and, and just grab seven or eight transfers and, and say, hey, now come in and, and change our program. They're going to be very specific, and, and it seems likely to me, looking at the class of 2023, when you have commitments from four offensive linemen, but the, you know, outside of Luke Montgomery, uh, I don't know that any one of them are physically capable of really contributing as freshmen, uh, and Luke still is you know, a long ways away from being able to, to dominate at the Big Ten level, but his size and his athleticism puts him a little bit ahead of Austin Saraveld a little bit ahead of Josh Padilla, um, and and now they have to figure out how do you get one or two guys that fit the culture, that fit the position, that fit the you know offense and the style of play. And I guarantee you the Buckeyes are looking at that now. To, to put out names obviously would be folly yeah. because everything can change. But as we look back over the last few years, the only real transfers that Ohio State has really made it a point to go after were players that they knew were going to come in and start right away. And in the last, since this has been happening, Jonah Jackson's the only offensive lineman they've brought in. Um, I don't know if there's three Jonah Jacksons out there right now, but if there are, I mean, you should probably call Ohio State. <laughs> yeah, know? I don't, I don't think there are. And I don't look, we've talked about this process before, and that can be a, a very different show. We don't need to belabor it uh, when we're talking about Ian Moore. Like there are still very talented guys waiting for that opportunity at Ohio State. And, the risk you run if you pursue nothing but transfers is that what signal do you send then to uh, a Josh Fryer who's paid his dues and is going to be very good or uh, that you Donovan Jackson can play left tackle if need. We don't have to dive into all that, but this is the the 2023 offensive line for Ohio State uh, is going to be fascinating, but they did obviously lay down some preparations for the future with the class of 2024 in the best possible way that they could. And I think Justin Fry will feel pretty good about that. Yeah, I mean, when you again, when you go out and you get the number one ranked player in the country at your position, 
uh, things are good. And now the focus is finding compliments to him. There's Cam Pringle in South Carolina who's won. There's, um, you know, Georgia Daniel Calhoun, another offensive tackle who's on the board. Uh, I know that Pringle is a guy that Rayola has gone uh, to bat to try to get to know a little bit. And then the Buckeyes are really just going to start looking around. There's this kid in Massachusetts named Liam Andrews, who's probably the top of the list for for Justin Fry to to be the uh, bookend with Ian Moore. And now you have guys to help build that class. And there's nothing more important right now in recruiting than peer-to-peer conversation, um, even more so than NIL, which obviously is something that Buckeyes are going to have to deal with at every position. But the offensive line, generally speaking, is one where that's less of a concern because kids are much more looking at development and how you get ready to to make real money down the road in, in the NFL. So it's a huge win for Ohio State. It's commitment number two in the class of 2024. That's Ian Moore from New Palestine, Indiana. Six foot six, 290 pound right tackle right now, but a, a player who could play either side of the line for the Buckeyes uh, as he gets developed and grows into that position so we'll talk about him more over at ohiostate.rivals.com uh austin ward and myself jeremy birmingham thank you for watching thank you for listening hit the subscribe button hit the little notification button if you're watching us on youtube that way you know when there's more content like this coming because sometimes commitments happen when you least expect it thanks for watching we'll see you next time